0: Well, I have what I think is going to be a fun message for you today. Um, Sometimes when I preach, I give kind of a more uh, theological or 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 exegetical study of the scriptures Um, include. I love church history, so I like to put a lot of that in there. Um, Sometimes it's more pastoral related, which uh, I've done all of those things um, in the previous series I just did on come Holy Spirit. Um, And I want to continue in that vein And in the vein that Jeff was uh, um, uh, preaching on last week on impartation, because I believe the Lord wants to bring some more impartation today um, on the joy of the Lord and on freedom. Joy and freedom. I mean, who doesn't want those two things, right? It's what Jesus came to give us. Jesus came to give us joy and freedom. Amen. Amen. So this message is uh, going to be more what I call experiential for that reason. Um, so my desire for you right now is just to have your heart open and ready to receive from the Holy Ghost in whatever way he wants to come and meet you tonight. Some of you might start getting touched by the Holy Spirit. Um, you might start laughing or feel his presence physically or... Um, Start seeing something from the Lord. Um, Let him do to you what he wants to do. And I just say you're free to receive from God tonight. However, he wants to minister to you. Amen. Um, The title of my message, I didn't really know what to call it. So I just titled it, God is a glad dad. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, that is what I want posted on the website. (laughs) God is a glad dad. He is. Um, you know, what's really amazing about the scriptures, which I'm about to read over you, is that all of the scriptures, Paul says, are god breathe. So this collection of books that we call our Bible, that is written by human beings, has been breathed on by the Holy Spirit and that the revelation that people received thousands of years ago about the heart and nature of God still has the life-giving spirit on it. So I'm going to read some scriptures over you and the Holy Spirit who has breathed on them from the moment they were written and has carried that powerful breath of of an anointing to this day, let it hit your heart. Let him minister to you. So, glad dad. God loves joy. I'll prove it to you in the scriptures. Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Psalm sixteen, eleven: You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Psalm thirty-six, seven through nine: How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house. And you give them to drink of the river of your delights. Mm. I like that phrase. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. John seven thirty seven to thirty-nine, now on the last day, the day of the great, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The New American Standard uses a nice proper term. Um, But it literally is womb or belly. The gut area. My friend Chuck calls it the belly river. It is the river of God flowing out of your belly. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Rejoice always. And again, I say, rejoice. I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the mountain of the house of the God of Jacob. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in new languages. And they were accused of being drunk. (laughs) Be filled with the Holy Spirit. (sighs) This morning, in 11 a.m. prayer which I highly recommend coming to if you are so able, Um, we started to taste some of this joy of the Lord. Um, And we were praying, Lord, turn the water into wine. The waters of the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, turn it into wine. Your love is better than wine. Your love is better than wine. I'm telling you tonight, if you have an alcohol addiction, drink of the river of his pleasures tonight because it is better. It is better. And so, before I was preaching, I went uh, to take some communion in the back and I realized that there were There was bread, but there was no wine. There was no juice. And that was my fault because I didn't tell anybody I wanted to take communion. But at first, I looked at it and I said, well, I guess I can't take communion if there's no wine. But then the Lord reminded me that at the wedding of Cana, he turned water into wine. And so I sat in my chair. water into wine and wine into blood I grew up Episcopalian. (laughs) And they use actual wine. And they drank out of the same cup. Everybody. We didn't have those nifty little plastic cups. First time I saw those, I'm like, what is going on? What is this? (laughs) Um, And when they consecrated The host, the bread and the wine, it was the job of the wine servers, well now the blood servers, because we prayed. I didn't mean for that to be a joke, but I love the Eucharist. It's like my favorite part of worship. Um, And so you couldn't leave, you couldn't leave wine in the chalice. You had to consume it completely. Completely. Um, And I was 15 years old, serving the wine, serving the blood of Jesus, Um, and when you run out of wine, you go back to the priest, and you get a refill, and then you go back to the people, and so I got a refill, thinking I would have a lot more people come on my side of the (laughs) altar, but... Unfortunately there were only one or two more people. And so they took little tiny sips when I had like this giant glass of wine. Um, and at age fifteen I was smaller than I am right now, if you can believe it. And I'm looking at this goblet of a <laughs> consecrated wine, the blood of Christ, and I'm like, okay, I have to drink this now. And so I consume. and i i was filled <laughs> <laughs> and i'm getting filled again <sighs> be filled with the holy spirit god wants us full god wants us full The disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Who needs a filling tonight? Who needs a filling tonight? Let's ask him. Lord, we need a filling tonight. You see the hands in this room, Father. Fill your people tonight. Fill them up, God. Fill them up, overflowing. That river of life flowing out of our innermost being. Wave after wave of your love. Let it come in right now. Holy Spirit, come, fill us up more with your spirit and with joy. Amen. Just keep receiving, though. Keep receiving. Keep, I'm going to keep talking, but you just keep letting the Holy Spirit. And I pray that I'm not distracting you from receiving. Um, You know what brings joy is a power encounter with the mercy of God. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And they will call his name Jesus. You will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was at a Pharisee's house having dinner, reclining, and this sinner woman walks in, weeps, cries over the feet of Jesus, wipes his feet with her tears, and kisses his feet and anoints them with perfume. Sinner touching the Holy One of Israel. And Jesus answered to this Pharisee named Simon, not Simon Peter, Simon the Pharisee, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, Rabbi. A money lender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to pay, he graciously forgave them both. So, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has continued kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. Psalm 32, 1. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Blessed, happy, joyful, fulfilled, prosperous. The favor of God. On those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. Open our ears to the songs of deliverance today. Holy Spirit. The good news is that God would remember our sins no more. That He would completely remove them. And that He would completely forget them. Forever. This is good news. Who needs forgiveness tonight? We need forgiveness tonight, Jesus. We need forgiveness tonight, Jesus. If you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood. And has made us kings and priests to his God forever and ever. Who has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. In him there is forgiveness of sins by his blood. I will remember your iniquities. Your sins, no more. Galatians 4, 1 through 7. Again, just let the Holy Spirit minister to you as this word of God that is God breathed, written thousands of years ago. Let it minister to you. That That's my heart tonight. Galatians 4, 1 through 7. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything. But he is under the guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba! Father! My Bible has exclamation points. So I thought I would read it accordingly. (laughs) Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. I want to share an encounter that I had six years ago. And then there will be an impartation available for you to receive this very thing. If you so desire. Which I hope you do. Um, six years ago. April 17th, 2010. Encounter with the Father's love. Friends, I, like I'm sure some of you, um, did not grow up with a perfect father. And that brokenness in that relationship had deeply affected my view and my relationship with God the Father. And I had gone through, uh, I would gotten saved when I was 17 years old, Um, um, gave my life to the Lord Um, in college, got baptized, got filled with the Holy Spirit, am experiencing a new level of relationship, of surrender to the Lord, Um, uh, uh, starting to prophesy, starting to lay hands on people, make disciples, um, and, uh, and even have uh, um, some types of experiences with the Holy Spirit. Um, went through powerful deliverance um, in, in 2007. Uh, but I, was, I, I, I didn't realize until after I was just graduating college um, how much that my view of God as father was so broken and so skewed. And so, uh, even after a series of powerful experiences over the next couple of years, uh, that there was still a strong disconnect. I started reading Experiencing the Father's Embrace by Jack Frost, which I highly recommend. It's been one of the most impacting books that I've ever read. Um, so, uh, and he, he talks about the heart of the Father, takes you through prayers, At the end of each chapter and most of my prayer time during that two or three months that I was reading this book is me just sitting down, letting the Lord wash over my heart with healing. And I'm just weeping um, as I'm uh, realizing the brokenness there and having the Lord come and heal it. Um, But uh, I started to listen to messages on freely receiving from the Holy Spirit and, uh, and resisting the religious spirit. Um, That is one way, one area. I would say the main area the enemy tries to come against me in my life is through religion. Um, 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 I'm not talking about true religion of ministering to orphans and widows and their need and not being defiled by the world. Um, Religion is a good thing if that's what it entails. Um, But the religious spirit, what I'm talking about, is something that substitutes relationship with God for a following of a system of rules um, that, has, that that, that it is completely disconnected from the heart of, of God. Um, and unfortunately, many of us have grown up in that, uh, um, in that way. Um, but I started realizing that I had all of these religious attitudes that I was agreeing with. Um, in fact, at the, at, 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 this was a few years before, but at the end of college, I started having people come up and tell me, like, Matthew, I think you know, you're dealing with a religious spirit here. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm making more disciples than anyone. (laughs) I've got the biggest life group. (laughs) Um, I'm inviting people to our campus ministry meetings all the time. I've laid hands on like 10 people this semester, and they've gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? I hear it a second time. Like, ugh, okay. And I'm kind of upset because it's like two close friends of mine. I'm just like, okay, second time, I'm a little, I'm listening, but... I kind of think y'all are just jealous of all the cool things that I've been doing. Um. Mm-hmm. But then somebody else completely disconnected from those other two in very kindness and gentleness. Uh, my, my campus pastor um, sat down with me and uh, identified the very same issue Um, And I really appreciated the the gentleness and kindness that he had when he said it. But um, it angered me because uh, I didn't want that to be true. Um, And I really just wanted it to be that I was a rock star and everyone else was jealous. (laughs) Um, So that really initiated me on saying, "Okay, God, what do you want to do? Um, so, fast forward back 2010 I'm reading Experiencing the Father's Embrace Which someone had told me to do Three years prior But I didn't want to Because I thought reading books was dumb um, I like reading But when you know you like have this issue in your life And you need breakthrough freedom Someone's like, you should read this book I'm like, I don't want a book I want freedom <laughs> But I read the book And it brought me a lot of freedom um, So Someone gives you a book. Read the book. <laughs> Unless it's like the Satan Bible or something like that. <laughs> so. Uh, the Lord had been giving me a gradual revelation of, of the love of the father and sonship. Um, I would hear messages on it. I'd meditate on it. Um, and he had given me a lot of freedom. Um, and, and I had started to really give myself to a life of prayer and fasting um, and just saying, yes, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take it to another level and I'm going to mark out just my life to this. You know, um, I, I, God, I want as much as you as I can, as I can have. And I want to position myself to receive as much as possible. Um, and and I'm so glad that I did that, and I've and and it's uh, my heart is continually to keep that going in my life. However, I, as I was realizing that I was using that as a way to think that I was earning something with God. And friends, I want to be clear: Jesus does talk about reward when we pray in secret, when we give in secret, when we fast in secret, friends. And, Gauging in this 21 days of fasting, Jesus says fast in secret and there will be reward openly. Um, there is there is a um, reward. But it was if I was failing in any of those areas of prayer or fasting or giving or leading or speaking boldly of um, of, of doing anything I committed to do, it was um, I, I felt like I was just disappointing the father. And I just was getting, I was terrified of the thought of God coming in and evaluating my life at any given moment. Um, But uh, I started uh, um, listening to messages on the glad heart of God. um, And and it's like, I want to believe this. And I'm quoting the scriptures, but there's still not a breakthrough happening in my heart um, that I really needed, really wanted. Um, so I had had a really busy couple of weeks um, at this time, and this was also a time uh, shortly before the uh, the passing of my of my brother um, in 2010, and he was going through a lot leading up to his death. Um, and uh, I was uh, getting up early, going to bed late, working, studying, things like that. Um, and my prayer life was just really not happening very much right then. So not only is my heart feeling dry, but I'm feeling condemnation for not following through with commitments that I had made. Um, So I go home one night and I just say, you know what, I'm just going to turn on some worship and just let the Lord minister to me. Um, So at the time, it was in uh, um, IHOP, International House of Prayer in Kansas City, was going through this awakening and renewal with their Bible school students that just came over the whole ministry. Um, and they were uh, having nightly meetings and uh, sharing testimonies and all kinds of cool stuff. So I turn that on. It's live. And uh, they, uh, they bring up the young man who, um, not that he kicked off the awakening, but it was the sharing, his sharing of a testimony that really ignited it. And it was a testimony of encounter with the Father's love. Um, and I'm hearing... Um, Wes Hall, who's on leadership at at IHOP, um, he's preaching on on the love of the Father. And then this young man named Corey is sharing his testimony. um, And I just, I start weeping and shaking. Um, And uh, and Wes Hall started talking about, um, he said, some of you have been quoting scriptures about the love of the Father until you're blue in the face, but you haven't had any kind of experiential encounter. It hasn't impacted your hearts. And so I want to pray for you tonight. And so I'm like, okay, we're going for this. Um, It's kind of late and I want to I've got to get up early. But, Lord, I really need this. Um, And I'm and I'm experiencing the the presence of the Holy Spirit on it. Um, But uh, and and I set myself that night, I said, I am not leaving this worship time or whatever I was doing um, until I receive a breakthrough. I was set on it. And so over the web stream, they have worship and testimonies and then preaching. And then they're having you, you know, forgive people that have offended you, forgiving fathers, renouncing religion and, and striving and oppression. Um, and so I'm I am renouncing like every single thing that I can think of um, that they're talking about. And until uh, <laughs> till I'm blue in the face. Um which, friends, I think is actually really important, really powerful when it comes to freedom and walking out freedom. Because the enemy is a liar. He accuses us day and night. So you got to break agreement with those things and just believe God. And confess the word of God. It's God breathes over these scriptures, friends. That they may not have been producing fruit in your life. Over the past few months, or the past few days, or the past few weeks. But when you speak it, you sow the seed into your heart day and night, and it will spring up into growth suddenly. Okay? And that's my prayer tonight. Is that the sowing of God's word would spring up in your heart. I'm in Jeremiah 22, apparently. Randomly opened. (laughs) <laughs> wonder what that says. We'll check later. Um, but, uh, and so I have forgiven everybody I can think of. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm still really depressed right now. Um, and I'm, I'm weeping. I'm shaking. I'm encountering the Lord. But, um, but I'm, I'm just still not experiencing that, that love of the Father. Um, and so uh, Alan Hood comes in and starts talking about freedom from self-hatred. And I want to talk about this tonight because I think it's very important. Um, and he, he, he mentioned to the crowd that some of us have used our mirrors at home as altars to demons. That we stand in front of these mirrors and we listen to the lies of the accuser. You're, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're this, you're that. All of these negative things and, and, what, and we come into agreement with it. Um, as we look at the mirrors and uh, and so he is just he's talking about how God enjoys our physical appearance. And I want to say this tonight, friends, God loves your body yes. that God made your body. Yes. It is a uh, a demonic uh, um, influence that has. Look at looked at creation and passed it off as, as completely evil. That God has, has that, that thinks that the body is evil and the spirit is good. And friends, I believe in a fall. I believe in a corruption of nature. I believe in a depravity of man. Don't get me wrong. But God created your body and said it was good. And, and the enemy tries to come in and, and get us to, 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 to dislike our bodies and to hate our bodies. And what we start doing is we start disliking and hating God's creation. God loves the human body so much that he came to dwell inside of it. He does not dwell in temples made with human hands. A body you have prepared for me. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not live in places He does not like. He cleanses us and washes us clean by the blood of the Lamb. He sweeps out the house and He comes to take up residence on the inside of us. In your body. In your cells. In your fingers. In your veins. Friends, God lives in your body. God loves your body. He loves it so much that at the resurrection of of, of the dead, that that the dead in Christ will rise from their graves and we who are caught up or are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord will be caught up together with them and meet the Lord in the air. But friends, he's giving us a resurrected, enhanced body. You will have a body forever. And some of us are like, oh, I want the upgrade now, Lord. (laughs) He's saying, love what I've given you now. Love the body I've given you now. I love your body, the Lord says. Um, so, I started confessing. The Lord delights in me and my physical makeup. Friends, I grew up getting picked on for these years. And God has like brought me so much freedom. <laughs> I love my ears. I really do. I love my nose. A lot of people think I'm Jewish. Which I might be. I don't know. Um, I love that I'm just so skinny. So scrawny. And and you're laughing, but like friends, like this was, I got made fun of so bad. I come from a Mexican family, so it's like, ever to this day, my grandmother is, oh, flaco, necesita comer. <laughs> so I'm flaco. <laughs> and it's... It was, not a, it was never a compliment growing up. <laughs> and so it's it just, and it's amazing how it's like some of us, we want to be thinner, but then the, the skinny people are like, ah, like everyone makes fun of me for being thin. And Satan just always finds a way to tear us down. But God loves your body, He loves my ears. My dad to this day calls me no butt. He <laughs> says, Matt, you have no butt. <laughs> he says, it just goes. <laughs> God loves my no butt. <laughs> oh. So, back to the story. Mm. So I'm renouncing oppression and striving and religion and self-hatred. And I'm kind of like striving to make sure I renounce everything right. You know, because it's like, if I do it wrong, I'm not going to get the breakthrough. And it's just I have to make sure I renounce all the right things or it's not going to happen right. And God's going to pass me by tonight. And I'm, my weeping is increasing. And I actually, I feel things leaving my body as I'm renouncing them. So I joke, but I was actually getting delivered and free of this stuff. Um, and I just, I, the weeping increased, the shaking is increasing. I actually feel like I'm about to vomit. Um, it's just all of that crud um, that God doesn't want for us. It's coming out. Um, this happens for like two hours. And I'm getting pretty tired. And I'm starting to realize, like, Lord, you know, I've been praying for this father's love encounter. And like, I have no joy right now. Um, and I would think that like, if I realized that you love me, that I would be happier than I am right now. Um, shouldn't it make me joyful? Um, and so, uh, um, and then they, they start singing and preaching on, on the gladness of God and the joy of the Lord. And it's just like, okay, cool. Um, but I'm still weeping. Um, and I still feel this heaviness on my heart and I'm, I'm ready to go to bed at this point. And I'm just like, Lord, I know I said, I'm not leaving until I get my breakthrough, but I'm really tired, physically tired, my heart is tired, and I just need to rest. Um, And so I sit down in my desk chair and the Holy Spirit just speaks to me very gently and says, well, did you receive the breakthrough that you wanted? I said, well, no, but I'm tired. Um, And again gently the Holy Spirit just whispered to me, just wait 15 more minutes. Um, So I say, okay, I can handle 15 minutes. I'm sitting there in my chair, really expecting nothing. It was just dry, cold obedience at that moment. Um, Maybe with a little hope that something might happen, but most likely not. Um, But I'm just sitting there, and I, I don't audibly hear a voice, but I feel this internal voice so powerfully um, it is it is not a gentle whisper. It is not Holy Spirit, the gentleman who doesn't come and invade our lives. This is a booming voice that says, I break religion and striving and oppression. Bam! I hit the ground shaking. And I am just trembling on the ground in my bedroom, um, and then, uh, as I'm experiencing this, I hear it a second time. I break religion and striving and, and the third one. Um, oppression. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the voice didn't forget. Um, <laughs> and I'd start shaking even more violently on the ground. Um, and, and I am starting to uh, feel just some, some joy enter my heart. And oh, friends, um, the Lord starts declaring over me in a much gentler voice, um, <laughs> saying, son, I delight in you. You are my son. I have washed you. I have cleansed you. I delight in you. I am a good father. I am the good father. And he's saying this to me and the words are just sinking deep into my heart. And I, I get filled with joy. I start laughing um, and 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 they start over the Web stream uh, for at, at IHOP. They start talking about sonship um, and just that people come to these meetings asking for more authority on their ministry. But West Hall is saying, friends, revelation of sonship is so foundational to walking in authority in Christ, um, which I think is awesome. Um, so I'm just like, OK, sonship. God, I'm actually I'm starting to feel something. I'm starting to feel this. And I remembered a verse in Galatians that talked about. Sonship and no longer slaves, but sons. So I'm looking it up in my Bible. I'm like, okay, Galatians 4, 7. I open my Bible to Galatians 4, 7 and I find it underlined in red. You are no longer slaves, but sons. And if a son, then an heir through Christ. And it's at that moment that I start laughing uncontrollably. (laughs) I am so filled with joy. I'm saying, It's underlined in red. I didn't even know what this verse meant, and it's underlined in red. I'm saying this out loud, like, late at night. I was at my parents' house. Other people are sleeping, so it was like, (laughs) um, I don't know if I woke them up or what, but... but anyway, I'm, I'm so filled with joy, I start jumping up and down, I start singing and dancing, um, and I am texting all of my friends that I have. I was like, I'm a son and not a slave, with a million exclamation points at the end. Um, that was before emojis, so you had to just use exclamation points. Um, that was funnier than y'all are <laughs> making it out to be. Now they're like all these digital emojis that like move around and stuff. It's kind of crazy. But in that day, it was exclamation points on a little Nokia phone. Um. But, and, just, and the verses that they're speaking over the web stream, Isaiah 62, that, that God is calling Jerusalem uh, Hephzibah, My delight is in you, Beulah, married to the Lord. And I just start, I write these down and I put it on my mirror. And I'm just Hephzibah, the Lord delights in you, Matthew. The Lord delights in me, married to the Lord. I am married to God that I am. What does that mean as a man is that God is joined to me in a way that he does. He will never leave me or forsake me. That's what that means. And he says it in Isaiah 62. You're not forgotten. I no longer will you be called a city that is forgotten. You will be called Hephzibah. You will be called Beulah. And friends, we can take that for ourselves. Because we who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So I start worshiping the Lord for like two more hours. Um, And I'm enjoying it this time. The first two hours were, you know, not that fun. But um, these two hours were really fun. I'm just like, I felt like I'd been thrown into this pool of God's love. Oh, Lord, I'm being thrown in this pool of your love. I'm like, no, that's too small. It's an ocean, an ocean of your love. God, I feel like I'm swimming in this ocean. I'm like, no, that's that's too small. Outer space. God, I've just been thrown into outer space and there's just so much. And, and what, what I was saying in that is that there is so much more of the heart of the father to explore. Yes. Friends, the, the depths of the heart of God are eternal. They're unending. We will never grow bored growing in the revelation of God's love for us. And I just start, I I grab my pillow and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm a son. I was, you know, really excited, but trying to be somewhat considerate um, of other people in the house. But um, but in and and in here's I just want to read what what I said, because it's why I titled the message what I did. Um, I wrote down in my journal at that time, he loves me, he delights in me. He's my father and I'm his beloved son in whom he is well pleased. He's washed me clean in the blood of his son. He's a glad dad. He's a glad God, a glad dad. Uh, here's And I quote, happy pappy. (laughs) I'm a son in the father's house and no longer a slave. Friends, I was walking around in public, shaking like like this, like everywhere I went. I'm at SMU at the post office and I'm like shaking. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And, And I felt the joy of the Lord. And friends, it was the first time in my entire life that I had felt no shame. Zero. That will make one happy. Knowing we're forgiven. And a experiential removing of shame.